Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody visiting, connecting, saying, hey, neighbor. Speaking of hey, neighbor, last week we began a new series by that title, Hey, Neighbor. And we're talking all about how we can learn to love each other in practical ways. How many of you know we need help doing that? That doesn't come naturally. We need help. And last week, um, Heidi was sharing with us about what it looks like to practice hospitality and the way in which practicing hospitality with one another can lead to loving one another. Did anybody practice hospitality this past week? A few people? All right. <laughs> Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Let's, let's not move on to this one, this message this week and forget about hospitality. It is important. Today, we're talking about how we can serve one another. You excited about that? Yeah. <laughs> serve one another, woo! <laughs> that cheering, you know, beforehand. You probably wouldn't have done that if you'd known I was talking about serving one another. <laughs> oh, man. Galatians 5.13, that's where we're going to start. This is what it says. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You want to cheer about that one? Yeah. We've, been, we've been called to be free. The Apostle Paul, when he's writing, often in his epistles, will do a, a section on theology and, you know, how we've been transformed by Christ and what Jesus has done for us and so on. And then the second half is often the practical side of things, the implication of that. So what he's been doing is exactly that. In Galatians, he has been talking about how the church in Galatia doesn't need to follow the law of Moses in order to be able to be accepted by God. They don't need to follow all the laws and keep the laws in order to be in right standing with Jesus. They have been set free from the law in that way. They don't have to do that. But then he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly through love. See, we have two choices of what we can do with the freedom that we're excited about receiving. The first one is we can selfishly use it to indulge our flesh to serve ourselves. The second is that we can unselfishly use our freedom to serve one another. Guess which one God wants us to do? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He wants us to unselfishly serve one another. That is the proper use of the freedom that we have received. That's what God wants us to understand. Now, Jesus, he exemplified serving others humbly through love. Would you agree? And one of the clearest pictures of this happens in John 13. 
And this is what it says in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. For those who may not know, the Passover was a celebration of how God had rescued and redeemed the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. And so every year, they would celebrate this Passover meal. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The love of Jesus is amazing. He loved them to the end. He knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world. Jesus was preparing to lay down his life on the cross for our sin. He was preparing to be raised from the dead, and he was preparing to return to his Father. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So you can, you can get the picture. John is painting the picture. They're in the middle of a Passover meal. The food is being enjoyed. And they would have been reclining at the table, not sitting around a table like we would, but reclining at the table. So their heads and their hands would be near the food. That's a good place to have your head and hands. It's helpful for eating. And then around, they would all be around that table and their feet would be on the outside. Very different to the way we would be positioned. Nick, can you come up and join me? I won't have you demonstrate that for us. Just, <laughs> just lie on the ground with you. Yeah, no, we won't, we won't do that. Jesus knew, you can have a seat, please, sir. Yeah. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. This is what it says. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. This is what Jesus was doing. And he got a towel and he wrapped it around his waist. Like this. Hopefully I can get it around my waist. A little bit more working out. All right. And he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. See, what is happening here is on the one hand, oh, I've got to be biblical. You know, I'm trying to wrap it around my waist. All right, I think it will stay now. What is, what is happening is on the one hand, expected and normal, and on the other hand, crazy and scandalous. It's normal because at this time, in this culture, in this place, in history, foot washing was normal. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am already uncomfortable. <laughs> Nick, are you uncomfortable? Are you uncomfortable yet? Anybody else uncomfortable? You're good. Okay, thanks, Val. Val, Val is excited about this. I should have known. I shouldn't have asked you, Val. I, I personally am, am uncomfortable right now, but washing feet was normal because they didn't wear, you know, converse with socks. We're matching today. Wonderful. That was the spirit, by the way. We did not talk about this. 
they, they didn't wear converse with socks. They wore sandals, and they walked in dirty, dusty, unpaved streets all day long with excrement on the streets from the, uh, from the various animals that would have been in those streets. There were no poop and scoop signs in Jerusalem. <laughs> and a host would typically either provide water for people to wash themselves, or they would provide a servant to do the washing for them. And um, so this is normal. It was the job of the person of lowest rank in the household, and that's important to understand, because if you don't get that, you won't get what's going on. The person of the lowest rank in the household would be the one who would do the foot washing. So foot washing was not weird like it feels right now. It was actually very common. What was very strange and very uncomfortable was who was doing the foot washing. I want you to notice how John sets this up. It says in verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. Remember who Jesus is. He is the teacher. He is the master. And he's in a room full of disciples and students. Who is the greater in this scenario? It's Jesus. Not only that, but Jesus, according to John here, has all things under his power. Let that sink in for a moment. We are talking about Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, through whom all things were created. By his word, all things hold together. And Jesus is taking on the posture of the lowest and washing people's feet. He's not only the highest ranking person in the room, he is the highest ranking being in the universe. Like, let that sink in. That's what is happening right now. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Yet Jesus, who is God in the flesh, he puts a towel around his waist, and he takes some water, and contrary to what Laura was planning on doing, there is no, oops, there is no ice in this water. I didn't pay her enough. Um, and he pours water into a basin, and I'm probably going to need help with those because they look pretty well done up. You wore the most difficult shoes to, yeah, thank you. All right. This is what Jesus is doing. King of kings, Lord of lords, if I could have your feet, sir, thank you. And he is washing the feet of his own disciples. And 
then he dries them with the towel that's around his waist. I think personally that it's incredible that Jesus would do this. Jesus was not putting on a show. This act was in Jesus' heart. That's what I want us to see this morning. I believe that's what God wants us to see this morning. Jesus was, this was not just an object lesson for Jesus. This was how Jesus felt about his disciples. He loved them. And he was prepared to do anything to serve them. Isn't that profound? King of kings, Lord of lords, creator of the universe. And he stooped to the lowest position to wash his disciples' feet. Thanks, Nick. Simon Peter, in particular, was absolutely horrified by what was going on. You know, you might think to yourself, I, well, I, it, surely it would be an honor. I would feel honored to have Jesus wash my feet. But this was not an honor for Peter. I would suspect that none of them felt honored in the sense that we might think of. I, I think in this moment, Peter felt embarrassed. I think he probably felt a bit ashamed because he hadn't thought to wash his master's feet. Because that's what would have been most appropriate. Jesus took that place. Jesus washed their feet. He came to Simon Peter and he said to him, uh, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet and my hands, but my head as well. Jesus and John, who wrote the gospel, wants us to connect the foot washing to what Jesus is about to do on the cross. Jesus tells Peter that if Peter doesn't let him wash his feet, let him wash him, he will have no part with him. See, Jesus is talking about a spiritual washing that is going to be happening through the cross. He's talking about how his blood is going to be shed. And through that blood, Peter will be washed. We all will be washed. And unless we allow Jesus to wash us, we can have no part with him. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. Do you realize that 
Jesus had just washed the feet of his betrayer. Think about that. On purpose, intentionally, knowing who it was, because it says he knew who it was. Jesus washed the feet of his betrayer. He loved Judas too. He loves all of us. It doesn't matter what we've done. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. Nope. (laughs) I don't think so. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If Jesus, the highest ranking person in the universe, was prepared to serve in such a way, he's saying you need to be ready to do that as well. I I want to draw your attention to something because I want this message, because this is what this message does do, to apply to us as fellow believers. It is certainly not wrong, and we are called to serve people who don't know Jesus, absolutely. But what Jesus has done and what Jesus is saying is addressed specifically to his disciples. How many disciples do we have in the room? Just raise your hand. He's talking to us. We are called to serve one another in this way. That's what Jesus is saying. And just a few verses later is this famous passage. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What is he talking about? He's talking about the love that they've experienced since he first called them. But specifically, he's referring back to the love he has just demonstrated by washing their feet. Love each other in this way. That is what Jesus has called those disciples and us to do as well. Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's true with all of Scripture, isn't it? We can know things, but it only makes a difference if we do them, if we put them into practice. Jesus has called us to do this stuff. So what does that look like? Jesus isn't asking us to simply wash one another's feet. Although it would be awkward and weird, I'm sure if we did it enough, it would get to be normal. You know, we could have a foot washing ceremony every year or six months or whatever, and we could pick 12 people's feet and wash them, and then we could check the box and be like, okay, I washed, washed some disciples' feet this year. I feel good about myself. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. I, I don't think it's wrong. You know, some churches have this as something that they do on a regular basis, and I think it can be meaningful and full of power, but that is primarily not what Jesus is talking about. 
as I mentioned to you, we, we really don't need our feet washed like they did back then. You know, you can go home and you can jump in the shower, you can run a bath, no problem, easy, done, right? You're clean. But it was different back then, and this was there for a reason. So what is Jesus asking us to do? I want us to go back to Galatians 5.13, where we started. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly through love. This is a very strange passage because normally freedom and serving don't go together. Would you agree? Freedom and being a servant, people typically would consider those two things very opposite. I want to be free so that I don't have to serve. Do you see that? And the Apostle Paul puts them together intentionally on purpose for a reason. Because Paul and Jesus are showing us that God's intention is that when we find freedom in Christ... We use that freedom to serve one another, not to serve ourselves. In fact, if you and I use our freedom to serve ourselves, we will very quickly become enslaved. Let me say that again. (laughs) If you and I use our freedom to serve ourselves, we will very quickly become enslaved to the very passions and lusts of the flesh that we have been set free from through Christ. And if you look at the passage, you will dis- I had never seen this before. If you look at the passage, you will find out that that verse, those, those verses come right before the talk about not walking in the flesh, but walking in the spirit. We'll get back to that shortly. The first thing I want us to see here is that we have been set free to serve. You know, it's possible to be a pseudo-servant. Sorry, guys, you're going to be standing there for a while because, yeah, I I forgot to tell you that I actually mentioned that verse like a couple of times. (laughs) That was their cue. That was was my bad. My apologies. You you can, it'll be like another five minutes or so. Yeah, so anyway. (laughs) <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, so, pseudo-servants. Have you ever served, but not really? You've, you've done servant-like things, but for self-serving reasons. Anybody besides me ever done that? Thank you for your honesty. I'm serious. It's true, isn't it? We, we think to ourselves, if I do this, then maybe they'll do that. If I do this favor for this person, maybe they'll do a favor for me. If, if I serve in this way, maybe I'll get blessed in that way. Anybody besides me ever been guilty of that? Maybe we do it in our families, in our marriage, in our workplaces, with our friends, at church. In Christian circles in particular, I think we can fall into this trap. Because in Christian circles, serving is valued. 
right? Like we talk about it. We say, oh, we're called to be servants like I'm doing today, right? And so we can actually use serving for self-serving reasons because if I'm seen serving, then people will think better of me. You know what that is, really? It's serving with a hook. That's what it is, right? I'm serving you, not really, I'm serving myself. I'm going to do this thing for you, not really, it's for myself. Do you see that? It's, it's serving with a hook. We're called to serve whether we're appreciated or not, whether we're recognized or not, whether we're patted on the back or not, whether anybody notices or not. Jesus knew what his disciples would do before he washed their feet. Remember, Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. The rest of them abandoned him. And yet he still served them. And he wasn't pretending. Like I said, it wasn't this object lesson. It was definitely memorable. It was definitely a teaching opportunity. But this came from the heart of Jesus towards his disciples. Ted Tripp said this, you can tell if you're a servant at heart by how you respond when someone treats you like a servant. Oh God, I want to be a servant. I want to serve people. Then someone treats us like one and we're like, what do you think I am? Your servant? (laughs) You see? We don't serve for what's in it for me. Jesus didn't wash the disciples' feet so that they would wash his. Notice what he said. I'm doing this. I'm giving you this example for you to follow so that you will do this for one another. Right? It wasn't so that they would line up and start washing his feet and he would have super clean feet by the end of the night. It was so that they would do this for one another And in fact, here's the truth. When you and I wash each other's feet, which we will get to what that means in a bit, we're actually washing the feet of Jesus. Because who are we? We are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. And when we serve one another, we're serving Jesus. That's the way he sees it. That's the way he understands it. See, what Jesus has called us to do is to have a one-way serving. That we would serve. Just, that's it. There's no agenda. There's no ulterior motive. There's no kind of thing in the back of our minds saying, if I do this then, it's just, I love you, therefore I will serve you. Christ has loved me, therefore I will serve you. That's that's what Jesus wants. If we discover we're going through the motions and maybe we're being self-serving in our serving, the answer is not to stop serving. It's to ask God to change our hearts. Second thing I want you to see is this. True freedom comes from knowing who we are in Christ. 
See, it says in, in John 13 that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, had come from God, was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and he washed their feet. Jesus knew who he was. That's why he was free to serve. I think part of the problem is we don't always remember who we are. And so we feel this need to prove something. We feel a need to attain something, to demonstrate to people our value and our worth. Jesus knew who he was. He didn't, he didn't have any problem taking the lowest place because he knew taking the lowest place did not define his value. And it doesn't define ours either. What we do and who we are are two different things. Jesus could be King of kings and Lord of lords and wash people's feet. And it didn't change who he was. He knew who he was. And it doesn't change us either when we serve. It doesn't change our value. It doesn't change our status. Jesus' freedom to serve, to serve came from knowing who he was. And our freedom comes from knowing who we are in Christ. When I know who I am in Christ, I'm free to serve. Until I know who I am in Christ, you're going to get some mixed serving from me. <laughs> There's going to be a whole lot of this going on. I'll, I'll, I'll use my position to try and avoid serving. Who are we? Well, we're chosen. We're loved. We're significant. We're valued. We're forgiven. Jesus died for us. As that sinks into our hearts, as we truly grasp who we are in God's eyes, it will set us free to be able to serve one another, truly serve one another. We won't be trying to obtain or maintain any kind of status in front of other people. We won't have to prove anything to them or prove anything to ourselves. We will be able to do whatever it is the Holy Spirit is directing us to do. When we know who we are in Christ, we're free to serve others without a hook. Number three, we serve. This is what serving looks like. We serve when we use our power for the benefit of others. We serve when we use our power for the benefit of others. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. What did he do with his power? What did Jesus do with his power? He took off his outer garments, he put a towel around his waist, and he served. And then he went to the cross with his power. He allowed himself to be beaten. He allowed himself to be ridiculed. He allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He allowed himself to be buried in a tomb. And why did he do all those things? He was using his power for our benefit. Jesus never used his power for his own benefit. You might get in, be thinking power, like, what does that mean? All of us have power of some kind. Maybe you've got power of intellect. Maybe you've got power of skill in a certain area. Maybe you've got 
power of position or influence in another area. Maybe you've got power of responsibility and decision-making. What we're called to do with that power is to use it to serve. Typically, in the world we live in and in Jesus' world at the time, people used their power for their own benefit. They used their power to avoid having to serve. They used their power and position, their ability, their influence, their skill, their resources, whatever it was, to avoid serving and make sure other people served them. And Jesus says that's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. The more power we have in those areas, the greater the opportunity we have to wash each other's feet, to serve each other. See, what what Jesus was doing when he washed their feet is a picture of what he had been doing his entire life. Jesus didn't begin washing feet at the Last Supper. Jesus' foot washing began when he said to the Father, I'll go, I'll redeem these people. I'll be, become God in the flesh. I'll be born in a manger. That's when the foot washing began for Jesus. When he stepped out of heaven to become a man, to become a crucified king. That, all of it was foot washing. All of it was foot washing. He didn't use his position as God as an excuse to avoid our mess. (laughs) He used his power for our benefit, to do what we could not do for ourselves. Listen to Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Listen to this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Listen to Jesus' mindset. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, that position, that power, something to be used to his own advantage, to serve himself. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Jesus didn't just wash our feet. He washed all of us. He washed us spiritually from the filth of sin so that we could stand in the presence of God clean, all of us clean. And what are we supposed to do with this? newfound freedom? What are we called to do with this, with all that Jesus has done to to and for us? We're called to wash each other's feet, to use what he has done for us, that freedom that we have received, to be able to serve others. Let's go back to Galatians 5 again one more time. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Listen to the next 
words here. Remember what we've been set free from, according to Galatians? We've been set free from the need to keep the law in order to be right with God. Instead of doing that, we put our faith in Jesus. But listen to what happens when we use our freedom to serve one another. The entire law that we've been set free from is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what comes right after, don't serve yourselves, serve one another in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, when we take the freedom that we have received and we use it to serve one another, we actually keep the entire intent of all of the law that we've been set free from. Isn't that amazing? In other words, the Ten Commandments and all 603 other commands that you'll find in the law can be summed up. The intent of them is this, that we would learn to love one another as Jesus has loved us. That we would wash each other's feet. So when we see Jesus and when we understand what he's done for us, that would be our response. And in doing that, all of the intent of all of the laws of all of the Old Testament will be fulfilled in our lives. Isn't that amazing? Just through serving one another. And how do we avoid indulging our flesh? Verse 16 comes right after this. So I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not in, use your freedom to indulge your flesh. Walk in the Spirit. In other words, if we're going to do this, if we're going to wash each other's feet, <laughs> we can't do it in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the revelation of the Spirit of what Jesus has done for us. Otherwise, we're going to be doing this all day long. We're going to be serving with a hook, serving with a hook, serving with a hook, loving with a hook. There's always going to be something in it that's about us. And what Jesus did when he came is this. There's one way arrow. Love, serve, give, lay down my life. It was, it was all one way. And the Spirit of God is what makes it possible for us to live this way. And that is true freedom. Don't believe what the world around you tells you. True freedom is not the ability to be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, in whatever way you want. That is not true freedom. That will just lead us back into the same place that we were saved out of. True freedom is one-way love. It's the ability to be able to lay down our lives like Jesus did. Not because we're going to get anything out of it, but because it's what we're compelled to do. Jesus has the nature of a servant, and the good news is he has placed that nature inside of us. Because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, has the same nature. And He just wants us to allow 
his nature to flow out of us and serve others the way Jesus serves us. The worship team is going to play for a, a minute or so, and as they do, and then they're going to lead us into, the, into a worship song, and when you're ready, you can stand and worship. But here's my question for you. Would you close your eyes for a moment? What are you using your freedom for? Are you using your freedom that you have in Christ to serve yourself, or are you using it to serve others? Are you serving with a hook, or are you serving to serve? Where is the Holy Spirit challenging you to use your power, to use your position, your influence, your ability, your intellect, your strength to serve other people? Where is it that he's putting his finger on in your heart? Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to stir in you a revelation of who you are in Christ so that you are free to serve. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.